Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Uh, super welcome. I think I have my mic on, Benny. Do yes, ma'am. Yeah, got you loud and clear. Am I coming in loud and clear? Roger like that. 10 good buddy. 10 Kana, good thanks. buddy. I had a very fun time yesterday with a couple of things, right? Okay. Okay, I just want to show you. Yeah, yeah. Remember the day, uh, back in the day, and, and I was talking to a couple of our listeners, right? And they're like, you know, we saw you with that sort of costume thing you had on. Are you going to bring stuff like that back? And... Isn't it? It's really interesting. So, Benny, you you know, like what goes around comes around, but I don't think they mean it quite that way, right? I don't think they mean it the way I'm talking about it. So I was doing a thing yesterday, and we all had to dress accordingly. So my dress was da-da, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Feeling it? It's not Halloween. But what I'm really learning is that People right now, whatever you want to call COVID-19, the disastrous nature of it, of course, um, the challenging nature of it, of course, there's also this new mainstream power of now, but really it's the power of next energy. It is the level of cool, creative, fun things that are popping up alongside of the just the heart-wrenching gut stories. And I, I have to say that what I've noticed in years, right, it's almost as if we have been overwhelmed with the typical ways of communicating with each other. And so what I'm noticing now is like a new vibe of things, right? It's like I I was meeting with two people this morning that are starting a show with us. And we were having a conversation that was so fun, I may consider it for myself. One, we were talking about personas. So here we are, we're having a couple of people that want to come on and do a show about their powerful brand on spirituality. And they want to bring different personas to our Facebook audience. Now, Benny, of course, right? You have live streaming in your studio. Mm -hmm. Of course, we've got Zach doing some kind of thing he's doing. I don't know, like OBS or something. We just have a new Vimeo interface we're launching. But I hate to say this. I I hope I'm not seen as a bad person for saying this. But amongst the desperation, and boy, our listeners have heard me agonize over filling out PPP forms. And now, even after I've gotten PPP so I can keep my staff, 
they're still asking me for more forms. I don't even understand it. But putting all that aside, there are just some really cool things happening. And I think yesterday, Benny, I was sharing with you, and I think it was with Olivia, that my buddy had a birthday, a 65th birthday. And we couldn't get together. We always, always, there's like 30 of us. We always get together. And so my friend Barb hooked up a live street thing outside of my friend's house. And there was like 20 of us on Zoom. And we all dressed in sparkles and did some cool things. And that's what I think, right? That's what I think about the kind of messaging we're bringing now. You know, Frank is joining us here today. Frank Chodel, psychic medium, author, lecturer. Frank is joining us here today because, you know, he's part of a tribe. You know, he's part of a tribe of people that had to step out in times perhaps when it was like not very fashionable to step out and be Frank, right? Uh, and, and when I think about this and I think about what his body of work is, right? I don't even want to tell you how much, how many years experience this man has, right? As a teacher, as an author, as a lecturer, right? Aided by his guides, right? You're going to hear about this too. This is the coolest stuff. I don't know if he's going to do anything special on the show. I'm going to leave that up to him. But then also his, you know, latest book, Connections, A Journey to Understanding, if there was ever a time for us to plug into understanding, right? It is now. Want to hear a funny story, Benny? You know, we, I've been talking about this video and I honestly have been talking about it for months, right? I like ad nauseum, right? I know, Benny, you can shake your head. I know you're shaking your head right now. I am shaking my head. But I had no yes. idea. <laughs> I know, I can see you shaking your head, even though you have, come on, put your face on camera. Let me see you shaking your head. Come on. I've already got thing. you in the, we're not going to mess with Zach. Right. We're not going to mess with Zach. We're good. We got it. We got it. All right. But I had no idea about what the video was going to look like. I mean, this is a faith walk, right? No idea what the video was going to look like. But I've been kind of talking about it a little bit, right? I've been talking about doing this video on love. So... <laughs> And I've been sharing a little bit, whether or not we're in it or not in it. And our Jessica's in it. I don't know if you saw our Jessica in it. And Gail's in it, my PR, uh, Gail, uh, who actually represented Sarah Main and a bunch of other people, Kelly Neff. But when it came out, this is fascinating. I know Frank's going to talk about this today. So when it came out, all... People thought it was the kind of video, right? Because it's called Love One Another. And when you mention John Legend and Love One Another, you're thinking maybe you're going to get a ballad, right? And Benny, that was so far from a ballad, wasn't it? What are you talking about? It was a good one. I have it, it all cute. I have, yeah. But you got to say, there was no ballad there. That was like, a. are we still using the term hip hop or have we changed? No, it? we're still using hip hop. Yes. That was a down, dirty, hip hop, shake your booty. And I'm telling you, it was the funnest of funnest thing to prepare. But the question really is, and this is really the question for Frank today. 
the question really is, are we being asked to come forward and fully express a new level of connections? And what I mean by that is maybe a message of love one another was great when Michael Jackson was alive and people got on the stage. Maybe that was great then, but we're in a different age. And so I'm, I can't wait to hear from Frank about connections, multi-decade multi uh, changes and transformations in the way that we reach people from a spiritual, street smart, pumped up way. And I'm ready to do that. Frank, did you have any idea we were going to kick it up this way? I did. I didn't. We, uh, uh, you know, uh, we suggested uh, you know, a few talking points, a few topics. But it, when I do my readings, when I do my work with my clients, one of the things that I am pretty strict about and I ask them uh, to be uh, very careful about is not to give me a lot of information up front. I don't want to be loaded up with uh, uh, ammunition that I can plan on so that uh, uh, it's like it's like the uh, the cold reading psychics that you see you know for a uh, dollar99 a minute uh, and they wow. they run dollar99 a, a minute holy cow oh some of these yeah well anywhere from 90 cents to 99 okay. uh, but yeah but uh, you know they charge more than I do sometimes uh, <laughs> and what they do is they run a cold read script. And uh, 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 the, uh, was it the amazing Randy and uh, uh, Kreskin? Uh, they were they were famous for that, uh, and they made no bones about it. They would ask leading questions, and they would get the information so that when it when it came time to give their reading, they delivered this inspired, phenomenal, tremendous, you know, uh, you know, uh, piece of information that the client had already just given them. So, so I, I like to keep it clean. I, I, I yeah. want to keep everything clean. So as you're asking me these questions, I'm hopefully, and I'm, I'm you know, relying on my guides uh, as well, the Marie, and um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it's, it'll just flow through and uh, that. Well, here's the with... question, Frank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the question. Okay. When I first started this 16 years ago, I got to tell you, Benny will tell you, he's been with me 16 years. Uh, Zach, not as long. But when I first started this, I didn't know one end of spiritual connection to the other. And then I got sick, six months, six months, April 1st of 04. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I got really, really sick, like, Oh my goodness, she is not going to make it. And we don't know what's wrong with her. And it changed my life, but it also changed the show. And it also changed my messaging. But one of the fascinating things that I'm discovering here, especially this year, we are all changing. We are all changing. When I looked at that video, of course, I'm, I'm thrilled to be in a video that's about love, so powerful. But when I watched the young man open up that music video, like a three and a half second, three and a half minute song, when he opened it up, boy, 
he could have been standing right next to you because you could see him being guided. You could see, right? And so I want to ask you this. Outside of everything you've been doing, you now have a book release and the timing of it couldn't be better. How are we changed by this time we've lived in? How, how, how have our guides been guiding us or maybe not? Oh, uh, it's, it has been coming for quite some time, actually. Uh, uh, I explained that it's been coming for two millennia, uh, building and growing to a, a major event that will be taking place, I'm talking worldwide, um, involving psychics, mediums, healers, uh, shamans, uh, you name it, worldwide, united together to do a, what I call a lifting and a, a, a spiritual lift of the entire earth. Uh, all of the, the trapped entities, all of the trapped energies uh, being released at one time. Uh, my last book, uh, you mentioned, Connections, A Journey to Understanding, uh, kind of went along uh, with my life journey. And uh, uh, starting when I was eight years old, when I first actually saw my guide, my Marie, uh, and she revealed herself to me as a, as a single entity. Over the years, I got to know her as a collective. Uh, but uh, uh, and it's it's a growing, evolving, changing. You talked about your uh, near-death experience. I've had uh, a few of those myself, actually, um, and each one more profound than the, the previous, uh, and each one bringing me more enlightenment, bringing me more uh, understanding, more realization of what's going on. So that book was to let people know who are they, why are they here, what's their purpose. The book that's coming out uh, next month, uh, Connections to the Gathering. And this one allows us, allows everybody really to self-identify. Who are you? What is your, uh, what's, what's your big, you know, your main power? Okay, are you a psychic? Are you a medium? Are you a healer? Are you a teacher? Are you, you know, what are you? And uh, innately, we're all of those. We have all, every one of us has every single ability that you see on, on television, that you see in movies, that you see in, you know, uh, here in, you know, uh, on the pulpit. Every single one of us has all of those abilities innately. We pick and choose. Just, just like we pick and choose our physical attributes and physical abilities for our survival, we pick and choose our innate psychic or spiritual abilities. And uh, in some cases, you know, people go through their lives and never experience anything because they've shut it off. Because society says, this is weird, okay? Usually this happens around you know, the time kids start school. You know, their, their little invisible friend disappears. Their, uh, their ability to know what's, co what's coming ahead of time, to know grandma's on the phone before the phone rings, goes away. Because society, these little kids don't want to get beat up at school <laughs> for being weird. So they shelter it. They block it. Okay. Well, the gathering 
helps people to self-identify and say, hey, you know, yes, you do have these abilities and you can build on those, you can expand those because we have something coming up. And when you do open up these abilities, you're gonna find you're not alone. You're not the only weird one in the group. There are weird groups everywhere and find your tribe. But in order to find your tribe, you have to know who you are first. And so that's what the gathering is. Uh, my, my plan is, as I said, this is the second in the series, the Connection series. My plan is to put a third book out uh, in uh, 2024, hopefully. Spring 2024 is my target. And that's called uh, uh, Connections 3, the journey, uh, the journey Forward. And okay, so we've gotten together, we've we understand what's going on. Now what? Okay, we, we've done this lifting, we've, we've changed the world. Now what? Yeah. Our job is done. No, it's just beginning. Yeah, I think what's happening too is, and you know, in reading your first book on this, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and also the fact that you included these beautiful photographs in it as well. Um, you introduced us to your journey slash awakening and you know and i want to just step back for a minute because i think as you continue to bring this message forward and people get to self-explore because that's what i think is happening now you know i think every self-help book you've watched or saw, read every video every presentation you've seen every event you may have gone to all of that right mm -hmm. all of that is being pulled forward faster than people can imagine right yeah, absolutely uh, I, I mean you know one of the phrases i love in the in your in the first book you know when you're talking about spirit and spirit moving and maybe moving on right mm -hmm. i think you're the phrase that i picked up on uh, elvis has left the building and <laughs> I think that we have gone through a period of that, so to speak. You know, when I think about myself, I think about myself as that young kid that clearly was connected. And then I went through a period of my life and yeah, Elvis did leave the building for me. Mm -hmm. But then Elvis came back. And, you know, what is it from your own journey, your own experiences, right? when it began for you when it began for you you know how have you seen yourself change in this journey and what obstacles did you have to face and move on to be an acclaimed psychic medium to be an author to be somebody that connects with spirit with guides right mm -hmm. what were the challenges for you that you had to overcome to bring you here right now to this moment. Oh boy, um, yeah, <laughs> there have been there have been quite a few. Uh, it's it's as I said, it's been a journey to understanding, um, and the, a journey that uh, was not without its, you know. Um, twists and turns and obstacles. As I said, the first time I saw my guide, uh, I was eight years old. Uh, my younger sister and I were playing in my room one af afternoon and all of a sudden the room got dark, <sighs> it got very dark. And this woman appeared 
kind of a, a white, bluish white ethereal figure of a woman. Um, off to the left-hand side of the room by a door, she appeared, went across the room to a closet door that was closed and then threw it. And I didn't say a thing because again, you know, kids, once you start into school, you know, that school age, it's that, you know, oh, you don't want to be weird. You don't want to get bullied and, 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 you know, harassed. So I didn't say anything until my sister said, did you see that? Wow. And I realized immediately what it was and there was no fear. Well, you know, let me just stop you for a minute, uh, yeah. because what you just said, I want to hold on to this for a moment, mm -hmm. because people don't understand the importance of that. When your sister asked you, mm -hmm. you had a moment where you where you were either going to fess up to it or not. Or, or was it my imagination going wild? You know, did right. I, what I think, thought I saw. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that was the the confirmation that I needed. That was the uh, uh, the reassurance to say, yes, I really saw her. And from that point on, every time I remembered and visioned that woman, she was there. And things would happen. Uh, I was about 14 years old, and I remember uh, the, the phone ringing in, in our house. We, this is back. You, you were... I'm, you may remember the good old days when there was one phone in the house oh, and yeah. it had board to the wall. And yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, the phone rings and I went up, uh, my mother reached over to answer the phone. And just as her hand was coming toward the receiver, before she even picked it up, I fell back against a door sill. Oh my God, he's had a stroke. Now I'm 14. I didn't know what a stroke was. It was my aunt calling my mother. <laughs> you know, this is fascinating because my opening about the times we live in and the energy being brought forth is when we are looking at our lives and it seems sometimes that things happen in a random way, but I'm not so sure they do. Oh, no. You know, my sense is that we realize them and recognize them in a random way. Mm -hmm. But that particular story that you shared, how was your life after that? Oh, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was life changing. It was my grandfather who had the stroke and uh, ultimately passed away from it. Uh, my parents had split up when I was about three years old, not quite three. And I was raised by my grandfather. So <laughs> anyway, uh, my mother, of course, answered the phone, talked to my aunt, quietly put the receiver back down, turned to me and she says, you knew. There was no questioning. There was no, um, you know, we, I, I grew up Roman Catholic, Polish Roman Catholic. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I know, I, I, Ta Italian, I, I, Italian, Roman Catholic, Dominican nuns. Oh, yeah. Well, we had uh, we had the Carmelites. There you yeah. go. Yeah, the, the sisters of the Marquis de Sade. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't say that. But you that. know, that, that in itself presents a challenge, too. I've shared, Frank, mm -hmm. uh, before, oh, 
that, you know, the disconnect for me is I, I had my epiphany while in Catholic boarding school over a weekend that they didn't pick me up. Mm -hmm. after admitting that you know jesus at the ninth station of the cross the one where he falls down for the last time turned to me and talked to me about my mom that my mom was with him and i've shared this story mm -hmm. and of course the sisters drag you out and lo and behold mother superior with tears in her eyes confirmed that very thing but you mm -hmm. know here you are today you know do you see this all as part of the making of you to deliver your gift. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, every, every experience, every single, um, you know, uh, reading I've done for people, uh, I, I, was, I, I still, to this day, I've been doing this now for over 50 years. And um, yes, I'm, I'm old too, uh, uh, but uh, I'm still in awe of it the clarity, the specificity, the, the accuracy of things that come through. I was doing a reading uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, for a client. And in, in the middle of the read, I saw a car driving down the street, down the highway, and pretty much vacant. I mean, you know, everybody's sheltered in, in you know, place. And uh, so there's not a lot of traffic. And, and driving down this, the highway, uh, clear sailing, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, here comes a car head on the other direction, swerving. Wow. And they said, make sure you pay attention, pay attention, watch out, uh, you know, danger. Well, she's uh, afterwards, she says, well, is this a warning for me or is what? And I said, well, it's just take it as a warning. Yes. Okay. Uh, I got a call from her yesterday and uh, we're talking and she says, uh, 30 minutes after the reading, her husband came home shaken because he was driving down the highway and here it comes just as I was saying it, it was happening to yeah. her husband. Uh, so, and that kind of, you know, you, you can't make that stuff up. You can't no. create it. it no. It's happening spontaneously. It's happening, you know, so vividly, so clearly. And as I said, from the time I first met Marie, uh, all the way through, the clarity has grown, has expanded, uh, uh, my, of what's going on has been clearer. Uh, and simultaneously, you were asking about, uh, you know, obstacles in the way. Uh, I retired from teaching a couple of years ago after 34 years of teaching art and photography. And uh, I had just released Journey to Understanding. And the principal calls me into the office and I said, okay, uh, I understand you wrote a book. I said, yes, sir. And he says, uh, and do you talk about it in your classes? I said, well, in digital media, absolutely. I talk about, you know, the production aspects and what goes into the, you know, the physical acts and, you know, process of writing and creating and then producing and then publishing and all of those steps, you know, yeah. Uh, but I didn't go into content with my students. He said, well, what's the book about? I said, oh, it's a collection of ghost stories. Said, really? Ghost stories? Hmm. What? Really? I said, yeah, nonfiction. And he stopped. Oh. And, uh, what? 
I said, yeah, uh, you know, like paranormal investigators. He says, you mean like they do on TV with the, you know, with the ghost hunters and all? I said, yeah. yeah. Wow. Can we get a copy of that book for our library? Wow. I was floored. Wow. Because I'm here in, you know, I was teaching in, in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, uh, wow. which I call the heart of the Bible Belt. And oh, yeah. Belt buckle. And I'm expecting, you know, fire and brimstone and how, you know, how dare you bring this, you know, uh, um, heresy into our building? No, it was totally embraced. The you know, other teachers loved it. They, uh, they put it on display in the media center, had me sign the book and everything. And uh, um, so it was uh, absolutely. And I've seen this change in society where it's easier now for people to come out. My wife said I came out of the closet as a medium. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, it is. It is because before it was just, you know, for friends, for, you know, occasional things here and there. But uh, when I first started advertising and actually promoting myself publicly, it was terrifying. Oh, it is terrifying. I mean, it's terrifying. And that's why I ask you the question, because I think that we are on speed dial right now to really look at the 50 years it took you really to really cultivate a message which crosses over into mainstream acceptance. Mm -hmm. And for us to be doing a show on this, I want to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we're going to be talking with Frank about the depth and the breadth of what he does. You know, what does he do and who is Marie? We're going to be hearing about that. I'm not sure if we're going to be doing any readings today, but we'll let you know. Before we go, though, Frank, would you let folks know how they can find out more about you, about what you do and anything all and the above? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I can, uh, if you can see in the uh, uh, behind me here, www.frankshodel.com. Okay, that's my website. Uh, I have contact information there. I'm also available on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so uh, people can contact me at any time. Uh, if you want to email me, it's frank at frankshodel.com. Uh, and uh, uh, I try to get back to everybody who contacts. And I just want to spell it out for those of you out there that are st sitting there right now trying to spell uh, shodel.com. Uh, C-H-O-D-L. Dot com. So it's Frank, C-H-O-D-L.com. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Connections, Gatherings, and Marie. We'll be right back. Hey, how's it going? If it's stressful or just plain exhausting, New Light Living is here to ask, is this the way you want to live? Join me, your intuitive spiritual life coach and host, Arika Sullivan, every week on New Light Living. Discover the power of creative tools to start living every day as your ideal dream day. See your life in the new light. To learn more, visit newlightliving.com. The truth is funny. Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, 
certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. Tune into Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday of the month at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Join Susan and her guests as they share the stories that shift our souls about radical transformations, courageous breakthroughs, and life lessons. Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce. For more information, go to TransformationTalkRadio.com or visit Susan's website at SusanDolce.com. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatshow.com, transformationtalkradio.com, transformationradio.fm. Oh, my goodness. Break your snooze button habits for good with the Soul Stretching Sisters on the I Am Power Hour with me, Terry J. Walker. And me, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Pump up your spiritual muscle as we share stories. Aspire higher. And live a whole lot larger. To help you unleash your powered up. Pumped up. I am soul stretching success. Anything can happen when we take to the airways. And all things become possible during the I Am Power Hour. That's the song, Benny. It's really good. Really good. That's the song. Do you know I, I have to dress up in that white outfit I had on, and we're all being asked to do post-video lip syncs? And we had to memorize the song for the video. You, they didn't show you a lot of the clips and stuff where we were actually singing it. Thank you for playing that. Uh, because it is about loving one another. And when you're deeply embedded in the spirituality of life and afterlife, as Frank is, you really understand the power and the purpose of love beyond the written word, you know, beyond what you can describe, you know, the deep vibrational soulful meaning of the word love. And if you say it and you say it slowly and you understand it, it strikes a chord in the very essence of who we can become, regardless of who we've been. Today, uh, my very special guest knows a lot about that, a lot about what it means to be tapped on the shoulder to bring a message forward. And one of the most important aspects of that is you got to start loving yourself right out of the gate, because I'm telling you, if you're not loving yourself, you're not going to have 50 years to do what Frank does. Um, Frank, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Um, I want to dig a little bit now into how you developed the who you are, how your gift then was developed, and what does it look like today? Okay. Well, as I said, when I, when I was first starting out um, as a kid, it was just occasional haphazard, uh, knowing things before they would happen or as they happened. Uh, uh, and then I think when I, when I got into college, 
uh, undergrad is when it really started to to blossom and grow. I had a, a very, very dear friend. Uh, we're still very close friends to this day. Uh, his father had uh, been uh, killed in battle and uh, uh, he never really got to, you know, say goodbye. There was never any real closure. And uh, one evening we were talking and uh, uh, he never really expressed any details at all about his father either. All of a sudden I could see his father. I could see the uh, um, circumstances of how his father died in battle. I read to him a four page letter written on rice paper that his father sent home about how he was looking forward to leave and become and getting home and seeing the family again uh, that he wrote and sent just before he was killed. Uh, so, I mean, these kind of details. Well, things like that started happening more often. And, and with that kind of uh, clarity, um, I got, uh, I was very fortunate back in 1975, wow, way back then, I got to meet and work with Ed and Lorraine Warren. From, uh, from Connecticut, you know, uh, the uh, Amityville and the Conjuring and all of that. And uh, Lorraine was actually the first person to identify me and label me as a deep trans medium. I didn't really have a, uh, a name for it uh, until that point. And uh, she, you know, after working together, you know, she was, uh, she dubbed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, things just you know, blossomed and grew from there. Uh, as I went along, as I said, for, for years, it was me and Marie, the one entity, the single Marie. Uh, and as time went on, I began to see Marie spread and grow and divide. And it was uh, only about within the last oh, five, 10 years, that I actually saw the full collective. There's 15 entities that comprise, now I call it the Marie, and uh, um, each has their own specific uh, purpose, their own specialty, as it were, uh, kind of like the archangels. In fact, uh, uh, the uh, you know uh, Christianity talks about the archangels and the, the hierarchy, and surprisingly there are and I didn't know this until I started doing research after you know seeing the collective there are 15 named archangels mm. um, in the New Testament there were 15 named apostles only 12 at any given time but you know one would drop out and then another would come in to replace and so on and so on and so on uh, but there were 15 named apostles and the number 15 comes up over and over and over and over and over again in uh, uh, all types of psychic and uh, religious and uh, spiritual you know, uh, aspects. And uh, so now I, I recognize the 15, but then it got even bigger than that. And I saw that each of the 15 has their 15. Wow. And each of those 15 have 15 and each of those 15 have 15 and so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. And it's this huge sea of entities. Uh, I mean, we're talking in the quadrillions of entities. If you spread it out, I, I equate it to a 
cosmic supercomputer. Okay. I was just thinking something like that. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was literally just thinking something like that, something like AI. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, so much of what we do on this plane, so many of the things that we create and you know put together are mirrors of our memory of the Akashic field, of the, you know, the universe and what it is. And we're trying to build these little tiny models and the, the World Wide Web, the whole network and you know, system is a tiny little model of what's out there. And like that, the, like I said, the cosmic supercomputer. When I ask a question of the Marie, they send it out. And it go, you know, boom! Out it goes into the into the uh, you know the field, and out there find an answer and then bring it back. And so, where today we have at our fingertips, we have the sum of human knowledge at our fingertips. Google, okay? I can Google anything I can think of, and I can get an answer. No kidding. Or DuckDuckGo, or whatever it happens to be. Whatever you know, it is. But yeah, whatever whatever your search engine is, you can find the answer to virtually anything. All human knowledge in this tiny little box, okay? Imagine the sum total of knowledge, not just human. That's the Akashic field. That's what's out there. That's what's in that supercomputer, that cosmic supercomputer. That's what we have at our fingertips. That's what we have available to us. We just have to learn how to open back up, how to recognize our guides, how to mm -hmm. identify what's going on. Uh, when I first started writing Journey to Understanding, I had put out a, a book previous to that, uh, collaborative of uh, stories of haunted houses and um, you know uh, legends and myths and what have you. And it, it went over quite well. It was a regional book and uh, uh, people loved it, but they said, what happened? You know, when when you were when you were doing this story about this house, did anything strange happen? Oh. How did it, and oh yeah, things happened. And you know, well, can you tell us about it? Okay, fine. So start writing the the you know, journey to understanding, and it started out as a chronological memoir. You know, a nice pat myself on the back and what what a great job I've done. Book you know that I could you know put on the coffee table and my mom would enjoy it and nobody else. But, <laughs> At the same, around the same time, I had uh, more and more people were coming to me saying, do you ever take on mentees? Do you ever teach a class? Would you ever, you know, teach us how to be, ourselves be psychic, be mediums, et cetera? And I thought about it. Well, I've been teaching for, you know, 30 years at that point. And I said, you know, I know how to write a curriculum. I can do something like that. So I wrote this uh, uh, syllabus up for a uh, seminar program. And I was about three months from uh, publication on Journey. And uh, uh, I looked at the, the manuscript and I looked at the syllabus and I looked at the manuscript and I looked at the syllabus and I realized the book was wrong. And I took it completely apart and I rewrote and rearranged and re-edited everything, put it all back together along the lines of the class understand what it is and then what to do with it 
where to go with it, using my own experiences, my own background uh, information, as well as all of the inspiration that was coming to me from the Murray, and to uh, put that in there along with research. And uh, I'm no stranger to research. I have two master's degrees, so I've done you know, plenty of it. Uh, so uh, I enjoy that part of it too. Uh, but I put this all together, uh, sent it off to a dear friend of ours, editor, and uh, asked her, please, if you could do, it was like nine chapters or something like that, nine or 10. I said, if you can do a chapter a week, I know it's pushing, I know that's a lot, but if you could do a chapter a week, please, we'll still make the deadline for, for publication. About three weeks later, I got a call that she finished it. She couldn't put it down. That was that was what I wanted to hear. Now I knew I had the right book. And so off it went and, uh, you know, uh, Journey to Understanding was published. Well, since then, it's like, okay, great. Now we understand it. What do we do with it? Where do we go with it? And again, the classes grew, they expanded, they got deeper, they got more involved. Uh, and so the gathering, the new book coming out next month, is that. It's, okay, where do we take this? Where do we go from here? How do we find our tribes? How do we find you know, uh, our calling and go with it? And as you said, as things are opening up societally, this is the right time for people yeah. to, to self-identify and come out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think really uh, that we are actually standing on the shoulders of all that have come before, including you. Uh, and really, that kind of really perks, you know, my my curiosity about the, the second book, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the first book, uh, of course, we were talking about uh, one aspect of this, right? Now, in the, in the second, let's call it, you know, two of a trilogy, uh -huh. we're talking about the gathering. And mm -hmm. I want to talk with you about that. And let me tell you why. I've done a couple of shows now where I've touched upon my view of how pop culture is defining slash redefining notions of the gathering or gatherings. And I wanted you to give us a sneak, a sneak peek into this part of your journey what this next book is about and what was the call to bring this message forward okay uh when i was uh when i was in art school undergrad uh, i got into photography and uh, in a big way really loved it and uh, still do a lot of artwork and, and design myself and uh, uh i lived up in the finger lakes region of new york state and in the wintertime, we'd get that lake effect off the Great Lakes, and we measured snow by the foot, not by the inch. And uh, uh, the lake I lived on, Cayuga Lake, was about three miles across, 45 miles long, and over 400 feet deep in the middle. It would freeze almost entirely over. They would drive pickup trucks out to go ice fishing. And it was also a landing pad for the migration of the Canada geese. And at night, there would be thousands and thousands, I'm talking six to 10,000 geese at a time 
sitting out on that lake and uh, our house was right near the, uh, the the bank of the lake so uh, at night I would sleep with my window partially open even in the winter so I could hear that honking and hissing all night long it was like a beautiful lullaby drone of these birds and I loved to photograph them I would get out and I found out if I crouch way down squat and waddle out onto the ice get down to their level I could get right up into the flock without scaring them. But if I stood up, I became this human threat and they would take off. Well, I, I got my camera and, I, I, and, and an old umbrella and I waddled out onto the, the ice into the flock. And uh, I got my camera all set and I very, very slowly and carefully opened the umbrella. And then I stood up and this huge flock of birds lifted off the ice at once. And uh, I'll tell you, after the first couple of times that I did this, <clears throat> I found out that uh, I had to take a, uh, several deep breaths before I stood up because the mass of wings lifting off that ice would literally suck the oxygen off the surface and I'd get woozy and almost pass out. Uh, the umbrella was because the birds got scared and I do apologize to the birds for that. Uh, <laughs> I threw the umbrella away. Uh, but got phenomenal shots. Well, that whole rush of air lifting with the birds was so inspiring, so spiritual. When I do liftings, when I go to, to homes to do what commonly called house clearings, I call them liftings. I, I, I am not an exorcist. I am not a, uh, you know, a, a demonologist. I am a transitionist. I assist trapped souls in transitioning and making that final step over back to source. And when they do that, and I've, I've had this experience so many times where the clients, the people in the home literally could feel the entity as it lifted. Uh, I had one where uh, a woman who had died in the home, uh, was still trapped there because of stress and tension in her life. Uh, and at the moment that we lifted her, everybody in the room felt this, like the, like the geese flying up. Wow. And one of the dogs in the room went, it was her dog. Yeah. Everybody turned at the same time, you know, to watch, oh my gosh, the dog felt it too. Well, imagine thousands of us intuitives, sensitives, doing a mass lifting at one time. You don't have to be intuitive. You don't have to be sensitive to feel that. And if, if the whole world did that at one time, that's the huge event that's coming. It's a cleansing. It's a clearing. Hasn't been done for 2000 years. The last right. time, yeah, the last time one guy did it by himself. Right. I'm not him. I right. need help. <laughs> right. And you're right about that because there have been multiple times before that, you know, where we've mm -hmm. seen that kind of um, what I call giant quantum leap mm -hmm. in consciousness and transformation. You know, we think about, and of course, it didn't happen like that really 2000 years ago. It took a little bit longer, but the impact of that was. Mm -hmm. uh, it was quantum in a sense. 
And there are other points in time historically when you even go further back that you can see it. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think we're in that time now? Do you absolutely. think we're coming? You, you, oh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know it's it's uh, we are getting to the point of saturation where it's time to hit the reset button to to get along with the entities and uh, in my books I and my classes I identify five types of earthbound trapped souls. There's those who died quickly and violently, don't realize they're dead. There's those who weren't aware of their death. They may have been in a, a coma uh, you know, or illness or something and un unconscious when they died, they're dead. And they, that's, those, are the, those are the saddest ones for me because they're confused. They're like, what do you mean? You can't see me? I'm right here. Right. Uh, yeah, I am. You know, talk to me. Uh, there are those who have had made a, a commitment, a, a, a promise uh, in life that was so strong they can't let it go that, until that promise is fulfilled. There are those who um, are just here to watch over. You know, they're to the home, they're connected to the building, they're connected to whatever it is and or the family and they just want to stay until make, to make sure everything's good. And then there are those who have completely transitioned over and back, who are, who can, you know, uh, grandma died very peacefully. She knew it was her time. She transitioned beautifully, but she goes back every once in a while. <laughs> she has total ability, total free will to come and go as she pleases. She's not trapped or bound. The fifth category that I have is, are those who, uh, and I borrow this uh, phrase from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, not quite dead yet. <laughs> those are uh, uh, patients, uh, you know, people who are suffering from Alzheimer's, uh, you know, uh, severe dementia, uh, who are in coma, who are unable to speak for themselves, uh, uh, you know, severe stroke. They can't express themselves the way we physically express ourselves. Right. Okay. But you bring in a, a, a a trained psychic, you bring in somebody who can associate, can read. they know what's going on. They're aware, they are cognizant. Yeah. They just can't tell you that. And uh, so uh, uh, there have been several times when I have worked with people who were trapped to give the family the answers. You know, they're sitting there by the bedside going, you know, dad, please, can't you hear me? I know. I know. And he wants to tell you that. And so that's, those are the five categories. Well, uh, I'll tell you this, your work in bringing this kind of uh, understanding to something that is so important in the times we live in now. I mean, I believe, I believe spirituality, however it's defined by you as a person, has never been a more important time for it in my lifetime. And so, Frank, I want to thank you so much for today. Please give out your website again. And, and what's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? Okay. Uh, once again, it's frankshodel.com, www.frankshodel.com. The message I want to bring today, more important than anything else, is whatever you do, make sure you set the intention first.